0: Hi listeners, Uh, this is Kurt here and I am with uh, journalist Melanie Griffin and uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, affordable housing uh, or the lack thereof and uh, the situation that has taken place in Columbia regarding uh, Alan Benedict Court. So um, how you doing, Melanie?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: So I'm just going to give like a brief little overview and then let mm-hmm. you fill in and we'll p- let you pick up going forward since you're going to be our resident expert here. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mel- just in case you know, Melanie has been re- uh, reporting on this for the free Times. So you can follow her. Uh, reporting there.
1: It's free-times.com.
0: Free-times.com. The
1: dash is important for some unknown computer reason.
0: (laughs) Apologies to editor even more. (laughs) Free-times. (laughs) Or you can pick them up in the Columbia area. A a few weeks ago uh, now, uh, in January, two residents at Allen Benedict Court, which is a low-income housing facility managed by the Columbia Housing Authority, died. Calvin Witherspoon, Jr. and Derek Roper. And it's now been confirmed that they, uh, Mm -hmm. due to their autopsy by the coroner, uh, that they died due to carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, Residents had reported a gas or a smell of odd an odd smell possible gas leak Mm -hmm. Uh, and ultimately what was found was an abundance of carbon monoxide as well as other gases cyanide uh, obviously faulty pipes Mm -hmm. uh, of some kind and several others have uh, been injured there's at least one hospitalization Mm -hmm. and i know i'll let melanie tell you about some other people that she's spoken with so, uh, what what does this mean? So, the entire facility has now been evacuated, and that's 411 people mm-hmm. that are now, have been removed from their homes. And uh, we'll get into this later, but this has uh, caused some more scrutiny into other uh, affordable housing projects in this city, which has led to the evacuation of Mallard Apartments uh, as well.
1: Well, just to... Um, The Mallard Apartments has not been a full evacuation. Um, They had a gas leak reported in the middle of this week, uh, which would be February 6th was when they did that, because that was on Wednesday. But that was for six apartments, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Um, But like Curtis said, this has gotten people interested in the conditions of other houses around here in that sort of area.
0: So uh, I want to kind of turn this over to you for a little bit, Melanie. Um, Tell us about, obviously, I I think some of the people you talked with want to remain anonymous, and we'll get into that why. But tell us about what, uh, I guess, tell us about what you've been reporting on and some of the people that you've talked to around this.
1: Okie doke. Well, so I got the assignment from uh, even Eva Moore at the Free Times. And my original, I guess you would say process would be to first call the Housing Authority people, then call some other official people, see what was going on on their side, and none of that worked. Let me just say that up front. The Columbia Housing people as uh, as early as mid-January when I was working on this, were very unresponsive to calls.
0: They're in PR lockdown, I presume. They
1: very much are, and they were before anybody knew anything except people had died, which I guess is obviously enough to put people on that. But, so anyway, so basically I couldn't get a hold of any of the official people, so um, I saw in a press release that my editor sent me that people were at the uh, Cecil Tillis Center, which is a community center um, over in the Edgewood area of Columbia. And I was like, well, I'll go over there and talk to some people. So I went over there on a Saturday and I ran into officials who, again, not helpful. Um, They all sent me to their PR person, which, thanks guys. But then I was able to uh, get in touch with one lady who was sitting there while she was waiting for an escort back to her Alan Benedict's uh, court apartment. So they were letting people go back for, you know, it was only like 10 or 15 or 20 minutes at a time to go get their stuff. And they were also stacking relief checks. Although I had to find out that's what they were later because, again, nobody was really talking. Um, So I talked to this lady about Alan Benedict Corp. And she wasn't super obviously, you know, peeved off about it. But she did have some safety concerns. She did have concerns and issues about living there that she told me a little bit about. And then she had to leave pretty quickly. And then I went over to um, Extend Stay America, which is where they put a lot of people from Alan Benedict. And I got Some very horrifying stories from those people. I talked to one lady who was a mom of two children, one of whom is school age. And the housing people were supposed to take him to and from school. He had only been to school twice in that week. I believe it was of January 21st to whatever that Friday was. But anyway, so he had only been to school twice that week because of problems with transportation and another lady I talked to said she had severe health issues that had only cropped up once she started living in Allen Benedict Court. And so just to put this out there, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> we don't have any, you know, doctors on our podcast or on staff or whatever, but according to the people I talked to who had been residents for, this lady had been a resident for eight or nine years, she estimated. She said that during that time frame, she developed headaches and she developed respiratory issues. And um, she showed me on her cell phone a photo of blood that she had coughed up that morning while she was in the hotel. So that was fun. And, and you
0: saw you saw the photos of this?
1: I saw the photo of the blood she coughed up. I didn't see anything in person. No. I was hoping to get some of the folks who lived uh, in Allen Benedict to send me some photos from inside of their apartments because they had some very horrifying stories about conditions there. And all of them I, I talked to said, yeah, we got pictures on our cell phone because nobody's, you know, going to believe us otherwise or nobody's going to do it anything. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of them were shy Gun-shy, I don't like that expression, but it's the only one that comes to mind. Anyway, they didn't want to um, send photos to get published because they were afraid of not getting anything from the Housing Authority. Again, this is all allegedly. I talked to these residents, and then I also talked to the Housing Authority's lawyer who said that, you know, they had not heard any of these claims. This was all new, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This-
0: but... <clears throat> I, I, I'm not under an editor, so I'll say. Interesting, also that the Housing Authority's lawyer is the former mayor of Columbia, uh, Bob Copel.
1: Yeah, I um, I asked him about that when I was interviewing him, and I he said that he had been working working with them. Using quotation marks with my fingers because he didn't really explain further, but he'd been working with them since he was mayor, and I'm guessing that means he just helped with. Question mark? I don't know. I don't really know what that means, and I didn't get him to explain it, but right now he is the official attorney for them, and we'll talk about how the city does housing funding and stuff like that more in a minute, but so anyway, a lot of stories about dangerous conditions and a lot of stories about gross conditions that were constantly told to the housing authority, constantly went through their official maintenance line, and just got nothing
0: And and this basically um, is, I think, is pretty simply corroborated by stories that I've heard. Um, I did a a little bit of organizing, although clearly not enough, in and around some of these housing housing projects during the last election, trying to get people registered to vote. And what I was hearing from other people doing this work and the people themselves was uh, how gross and out of date and frankly, unsafe their living conditions were, and that also that they were scared. Specifically in Allen Benedict Court, um, people have been making uh, reporting this, and this is uh, again uh, alleged. But people were scared to report things because their ha- affordable housing is not abundant in, in this city, and we'll get to why uh, that is in a little bit. But. And and how that works. But uh, yeah, there, there's uh, also you can look, go on Google right now, type in Columbia Housing Authority and read reviews of people saying this exact same thing, going back and you can organize them by date and see them mm-hmm. happening months and months before this event happened. Yes. So.
1: And just, just to go on um, what Kurt's saying, a lot of the people I talked to, and I didn't talk to huge crowds, not a whole lot of people wanted to talk, but I did talk to... Let's see, I did talk to four people at one of the Extend Stay uh, hotels, and I talked to one person at the Tillis Center. So, anyway, they all said that there was basically nothing else to do, like... They literally all said, oh, I'm glad Alan Benedict is closing because it was so gross. And one of the ladies said that she had a ball gown for the military ball stuff that they do at uh, Fort Jackson. And it was just ruined by roaches because there were so many in there. And then by getting back to the spots, everybody I talked to, eventually a couple officials called me back. And um, they all said, well, there's already a wait list, so... Dot dot dot. So basically, there's a huge shortage of affordable housing in Colombia. And so, when an emergency like this happens, I mean, there's very little to nothing that is obviously that is obvious to be the next
0: step. Now, to your knowledge, uh, are they still staying in hotels at the moment?
1: To my knowledge, they are because there's not a better long term solution at this point. <laughs>
0: And I should add, I've been to that hotel, um, mm-hmm. not not regarding this at all, but just on an unrelated adventure in life. <laughs> that um,
1: sounds exciting.
0: That is not a great hotel, and I, and I'm not. That is not a, a a shaming of the extended stay brand. I just mean like <laughs> that is literally one of the cheapest hotels in town, and I know yeah. that I, for reasons I won't get into. I know that for a fact.
1: Well, I. Just on a personal note, doing the reporting, I thought I knew where it was. And I was like, oh, okay, awesome. That's a pretty decent hotel. And then I looked at my Google Maps and I was like, oh... That is not what I thought it was. So yeah, it's not great accommodations. And do you think it would be okay if I went ahead into like the how they're trying to place people and all of that? Yeah, uh,
0: well, let's talk about that. But and just to say, but I want to talk about well, I guess that these two are related. Uh, mm-hmm. This we were talking about how affordable housing works. So these people are in a facility that's actively. Managed by uh, the CHA, and then there's another option. Or those are the people who get the Section Eight vouchers. who so I believe the CHA mm-hmm. manages for this area, although they they may not necessarily manage the property. Now that now uh, Alan Benedict Court is is a property that they do manage. Uh, and the solution, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that ongoing because there is no other facility they can move these people into long term is to simply give them the vouchers and hope that they can find some place that accepts them. Is that correct? That's
1: correct. Um, and i was I was corrected very distinctly today when I talked to the um, housing authority's PR lady. So the Mallard Apartments are an example of housing where you can use a Section 8 voucher. So, And just to
0: review, this is the other apartment complex that that had an evacuation. Yes.
1: So the Allen Benedict Court is fully under the control of Columbia Housing Authority. And then Mallard Apartments, you can use Section 8 housing, but I was told, as I said quite distinctly, that they are under the, under the landlord who actual property. So Kurt's right. That's, those are the two ways you can get in. You can get help with housing by either going into a specific low-income uh, housing project, or you can get a Section 8 voucher and go somewhere that accepts them. Problem is, there's a wait list for both. There is a large wait list and that was before any sort of evacuation emergency came to light. And so in my reporting, which I'm still in the middle of this part of it, so maybe somebody will tell me something good. I kind of doubt it, but anyway, I'm asking. So basically, yeah, it's here's some money, go find somewhere to live on your own and how are you supposed to do that if you're already uh, depending on public housing and how are you supposed to just find somewhere else when there's already a huge wait list for stuff that you also have to get into uh,
0: to, just to illustrate this a little bit uh, i don't mean to, to beat a dead horse uh, i think there was a it was a darkly comedic moment as i was following this story where Um, essentially, you know, their public statements of the CHA have said, don't worry, we're doing our best to find these people more affordable housing. And then the CHA released a tweet that says, if you know where there's any affordable housing, (laughs) please contact us. Uh, So this is this is literally the what they're doing at this point. Uh, The way we do affordable housing in the country, uh, at least or at least where we live, uh, is essentially this, it's a public private partnership uh, where it's not real quite advantageous for the, the private part to actually participate. Uh, yeah.
1: And yeah, it's, and again, I'm still in the middle of reporting all of this, but I, I have turned in my Alan Benedict story. So those are confirmed 100%. But I have a hunch that any sort of university town, like we live in a university town and there is a lot of fancy-schmancy quote-unquote student housing um, going up, and I say quote-unquote because it has no affiliation with the university. It's not dorm rooms, they're just fancy-ass apartments that are geared towards students so that they can get those sweet-sweet out-of-state college dollars. Okay, I'm done editorializing for now. <laughs> no,
0: but, no, 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 that's, that's a good transition because I, I wanted to talk about this. Well,
1: I'm, yeah, I, can I explain yeah. um, how the public housing stuff works? Please, because, please. So it's a really weird patchwork of national and city and question mark kind of money. And the developments are, are in tandem with private companies because... You know, how else are you going to get stuff built? But anyway, but yeah, so...
0: I would ask the brutalist architects of the Soviet Union that same <laughs> question, but uh, but move on. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, these are not pretty housing. Um, they're getting better as they go along. But one thing I want to point out that I don't think we have quite yet is... How old some of this public housing is.
0: Yeah, so Bella Benedict uh, is, was the oldest in town there. I believe the, I, I may be on this, uh, Garcia Gar- Gonzalez,
1: Gonzalez Gardens. Gonzalez
0: Gardens, I believe, was older, but they demolished that last year, two in years 2016.
1: ago. 2016. In 2017. Yeah, 2017. Allen Benedict so.
0: Court was built in like 1939, I so believe.
1: So Allen Benedict was built in the very early 40s, and Gonzalez Gardens was built in the very late 30s. Okay. And um, and I've been looking at the housing authorities' property, the pro, the list of properties mm. they own, and some of them still go back to the 70s and early 80s. There was a big push in the early 80s, early 90s to sort of change up public housing for the better. And so I would say probably about at least four or five public housing uh, units are, are are very much pre-2000. And um, those are the ones I'm trying to report on now because what's going to happen to all of those now that we've seen the sort of damage that has been done and has not been
0: fixed. It's good you mentioned how how old this building is, because obviously that's one source of the problem. Additionally, uh, everyone involved in this is also almost as old as these buildings. (laughs) Uh, I'd say that figuratively, but uh, uh, Gilbert Walker, the executive director, has had jobs in and around the Housing Authority, uh, has had jobs in and around the uh, Housing Authority uh, since the late 60s. The attorney for the Housing Authority is uh, former uh, Columbia Mayor Bob Coble, and one of the members of the, cons- the commission of the uh, Housing Authority is a former city council, and I believe disgraced city councilman, uh, C- uh, Cromarty. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you say all the... Unalleged, or all the alleged stuff.
0: I'm pretty sure that there's, uh, I'm safe to say, uh, it's not alleged. I think he, he resigned from the city council and paid some fines. If yeah, not
1: that bad. was called a joke, so.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, so all these people have been around the city for a long time. They know the state of these buildings. And uh, when you catch them in a candid moment, they will tell you, we knew. I mean, they, they won't say that we, they knew how bad the, the particular instance is, because obviously that might entail legal (laughs) uh, (laughs) problems, but they'll say that, you know, we understood this building was slated for destruction years ago and essentially they ran out of money and could not replace it.
1: Yeah, and and so like I said, the people I talked to, all of them, the the former residents of Alan Benedict were all like, yeah, I'm glad that's I'm glad that's being closed because it is so old, but Kurt's right. The lack of funding, the the uncertainty of funding for public housing is what gets me because there's such a huge need for it, not just in Columbia, but like all over the place, all over the country and the, um, the the Housing and Urban Development Department is the one that gives out money and you know I can only talk about Columbias because I haven't studied other ones, but we get around or a little bit under a half of the Housing Authority money from federal funding from HUD. and then the other half is just a weird local mishmash and we've- it relies so much on grants that we may or may not get that it's just- I don't know why we're putting people's lives in the hand of money that may or may not be there. So yeah so and so basically because the money is so uncertain. The future of all of these people are uncertain because, as Kurt said, if these officials knew for so long that these places were so old and, and such in need of repair, why wasn't there a contingency plan? Like, I understand if you don't have money to fix something up, that sucks, but make a plan B, guys. I mean, as f- and again, I'm still in the middle of trying to figure this out. But so far as I can tell, there is not a plan B at all. There's barely a plan A.
0: Yeah. And and I think, well, you know, I, I was going to say we shouldn't beat up on the housing authority too much, but actually we should. There's two dead people <laughs> here. So they, they ought to take their licks uh, and uh, we'll let you decide what, the, what should appropriately be done uh, with the people involved. But but well, that, but that said, um, I, I'm glad you mentioned that the funding is really the issue. Is that in America we don't actually prioritize this, and especially in uh, in South Carolina, and that's a really uh, unfortunate because not only long term, but recently, uh, housing is becoming an acute issue in South Carolina and in the Columbia area. And I hope I hope we have some listeners in the Low Country. Um, I'm not going to claim that we have a problem anywhere near what. Charleston, North Charleston, and the areas surrounding it in Dorchester County are experiencing right now. uh, We're basically, if you work in Charleston, you cannot afford to live there. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to drive, you know, across town so you can, you know, uh, shuck shrimp and then serve it to like (laughs) I don't know, Bill Murray's friends or something. (laughs) Yeah, the the the, sorry, Bill Murray, it's not your fault. But
1: (laughs) we love you, Bill Murray. Stay in South Carolina. Thank you.
0: But that being said, like. I think it's important to mention that uh, we have a, a massive eviction problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the Princeton did a study, uh, and this is using 2016 numbers. The number their study came out last year. And Columbia has the eighth of middle and large sized cities in America. Columbia has the eighth in the nation. Eighth in the nation, the largest eviction rate. Totally we have crap, it's like I
1: didn't realize that
0: it's over eight uh, percent, which is close to the state average. Uh, and then the what's really pumping. The average of higher is, is North Charleston, which is the number one in the nation mm-hmm. um, uh, eviction rate. But Columbia, <laughs> Columbia, two cities in in our state uh, are in the top. 10 for the nation. Uh, And I I think that's unbelievable. And it's, of course, you can see how much the current federal administration cares about housing. They put the most asleep candidate uh, literally in charge of it with Ben Carson, who seems to be on a mission to make sure that no other uh, young child from the ghetto ever has hands as gifted as his own, because they'll never, (laughs) ever be able to study anything or go to school, actually, as you've mentioned, because they don't get to live anywhere in a structure. But I don't want to pin the blame uh, just on Republicans for this, because uh, they're not only are, are we uh, we're, we like to beat up on both uh, both sides uh, from a principled position, not from some dumb, you know, both sides have a wrong position. But I want to call out uh, uh, Julian Castro because. Mm-hmm. Mostly because he's running for president, and also because I don't like him, let's be honest. But that being said, like he was a secretary of HUD under the Obama administration 2014 to 2017. Basically, anyone talking about this issue, Alan, ben- Alan Benedict Court has said, yeah, we were planning on break, tearing this thing down, and then the uh, the financial crisis happened, and we didn't have any money. So yeah. we're talking over ten years ago. Uh-huh. Where was we? We had a recovery. I mean, it's yeah. not the recovery that helped little people, but <laughs> but where was the money in from twenty fourteen to seventeen? Still
1: trickling down. You got to give it time. Yeah, man.
0: The, I mean. I, <laughs> HUD is essentially like a, a, a resume padding. Uh, HUD is the social studies honor society of, of uh, things hey, that you put on your...
1: I took AP history in, in a South Carolina public school, and you were absolutely right. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Gill, though. Don't change. Um,
0: and, uh, uh, but, yeah, and I'm sorry, Miss Holly. Uh, you were a great history <laughs> teacher as well.
1: Not y'all's fault. We have shitty public schools.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the fact of the matter is is that like this problem could have been solved. It's under the Obama administration as well, and so recently the mayor, uh, Steve Benjamin, has lobbied HUD and asked for an emergency mm-hmm. grant or a, a, a loan or, or of some sort, of emergency grant of thirty yeah. million dollars to demolish and rebuild a new facility where the uh, Allen Benedict Court was. And of course, as you, we, it was it denied. Was denied. Uh, so there's no more money. The money doesn't seem to be coming. What you know? What are we doing?
1: And let me jump in and mention something that. Everybody who may or may not be shouting at the podcast, why does it take $30 million to tear down a building? Well, guess what? That old-ass building has some old-ass asbestos and other old-timey things that could kill you dead. And we Well, obviously, yeah. it's, it's no. already
0: deadly standing.
1: Well, okay, so the deaths were ruled with the coroner. The recent deaths on January 17th, that was definitely carbon monoxide. And that's because that's... So the fire chief sent a letter to the housing authority about the lack of carbon monoxide detectors, about the lack of smoke detectors, about all of this stuff. And they sent it before all of this happened. It was not like years and years ago. It was fairly recently, but it was before all this happened. But anyway, the the buildings are super old. Even just living in them normally obviously can kill you. You need money to take these down safely and securely so you don't kill the people in the neighborhoods around them as well with all the stuff floating around. So yeah, I don't know how many people realize that. If you're not in construction, it's really hard to wrap your head around Why does it take so much money to take a building down? Well, that's part of the problem is that all of these are old and because they haven't been renovated like on any sort of schedule it takes just as much money to take them down as building something new probably. Right. Don't quote me on that because I'm bad at math, but uh, around and, the same area. And like you said,
0: part of that money was to actually put, was to, to build a replacement uh, as, You said as, that, as but when, yeah,
1: that's a good as point. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's, that's the question. The but essentially, you know, we don't functionally care about housing. I mean, anybody who has lived in, in Columbia, and I hate to be so Columbia-centric. I'd love to do some stories about uh, other places in the state soon, dealing with similar issues. But I mean, Columbia has a rampant issue of homelessness, so this isn't even an issue of the of just the people that were living in this uh, in this housing project, which I think is important to emphasize because one way you could read this story is you see what happens when you let the government handle housing. Uh, And obviously, in the very specific case of this, there's some truth. There's a bunch of career people, politicians and bureaucrats who have really failed, but they've been also set up to fail by the system. And I think that's important. Uh, That doesn't mean that there's not potentially criminal (laughs) liability here on behalf of these people. But I think that it's it's just important to remember that we set these people up to fail. We set these these people up to make a hard choice to stay living there.
1: Yeah. And. Uh, and one of the one of the questions that was sort of in the back of my mind that i never outright asked anybody cuz you know it would have it would have gotten a standard i don't talk to journalists answer but one thing that's been driving this reporting for me and for the free times is is being poor what killed those two guys is being poor and having to live in housing that bad, what killed them? And I mean, from what I've found out so far, the answer is yes. And I want to expand a little bit on the way that uh, the Housing Authority is chosen and, and all of that stuff, because you might not think so when I tell you how it works, but you do have a voice in this. So basically, the city council members appoint the Housing Authority people. So it's not like a direct, you can't vote on who you want to be in the city housing authority. You can't vote on that. However, you can vote for your city council members.
0: Um, I believe there are uh, three three seats on the city council that are up for election this year. Hopefully, uh, we'll put this in the notes beyond when this that election is held. It is not held uh, at a normal time, and it's yeah. held in an off year, obviously. Uh, so, if you live in the Columbia area in the city limits, uh, please register to vote, or if you're not registered, or if you are already registered, make sure to look and see when that election is, so you can you can make the right choice.
1: Yes. And I was able to talk to one of our city council members, um, Tamika Isaac Devine. She had a lot to say about the lack of housing. She wanted this tragedy to highlight the fact that we don't have enough public housing. She said that's a huge problem that nobody really talks about until there's an emergency. And so... I also wanted to highlight the city council aspect because one of our members, Mo Badura, is that how you say his last name? Yeah, Mo Badura. He called for the housing authority um, executive director, uh, that Gilbert Walker guy, to step down. As Kurt said, Gilbert Walker has been involved in public housing for a long time. And Mo Badura called for him to step down. And I talked with... Tamika Isaac Devine about that, and she said that she did not agree with Mo Badura, that she didn't think he had all the facts, and all this good, delicious stuff that got me a co-byline with um, Chris Trainer of the Three Times. I'm sorry, I'm bragging. It's just, I was very excited to get that on tape. <laughs> but anyway, the point being, this is an election year, and people are kicking up fuss, and so there's more information than ever about this in your local Columbia news so check it out and make sure you do what you got to do to uh, to to fix this however you can.
0: Yeah, and that said, I mean, I don't I, I'm not going to tell people I, I don't know exactly what the appropriate you know, political course of action yeah. is from the from a voter's perspective, because. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably some people should lose their job on this, and we should mention that two people have resigned from the Columbia Housing Authority, two of the mm-hmm. board commissioners, uh, Bessie Watson and Jennifer Rubin, and they've and they've mentioned, and I don't want to attribute the wrong thing to the wrong person, but they, they mentioned uh, together that uh, poor communication within the housing authority, and as well as just the lack of funding. There's no solution to this problem, uh, but uh, they're also their terms uh, were up, and they were they were sort of serving until their Place was filled, so one way you could look at this, or these are like token resignations. <laughs> um, these people were going to be gone anyways, so no one's like who was going to lose their. Trying to protect their job is actually losing their job. But is the appropriate uh, problem? As I said, these people were set up to fail. So I don't know if the yeah. appropriate thing is for them to lose their job. On the other hand, there's two people dead. So I. I but as we go hopefully your reporting will elucidate this process uh, a little bit uh, for us as we go as we yeah. go forward.
1: And honestly, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do either, especially when it comes to voting. Please vote, but please vote the way you would like. On the other hand, the people who live in Alan Benedict Court that I talked to, I asked them, you know, do you think a change of leadership is going to do anything for the better for this? And none of them were super confident about that. And honestly, with the amount of time that elections and getting the ball rolling on stuff takes, I mean, people are out of their people are out of their homes at this point and they're getting checks and vouchers and pointed to places where they may or may not be able to get any sort of any sort of help on um, finding another place to permanently live. And I have two more things that I want to touch on real quick while I'm sure. thinking about it, and then we'll see what we need to talk about to wrap this up. But first, I know of a source who is just suddenly hosting her whole family. She herself does not live in Allen Benedict Court and does not come from there, you know, from this accident, but her family does. So she's been living by herself in Columbia, and after the accident, her family just suddenly started living with her, her mom and her siblings and stuff, because they literally had nowhere else to go. And I think that's pretty indicative of what's going on, because they just made do with what they have and it's not been great you know this is a this is a single girl who's under 30 and she was living you know on a low-paying job that was full-time but still you know not a huge place is what I'm trying to say and suddenly a whole family is is uh is living that and so Kurt did you want to
0: well, yeah. Um. Uh, now that you mentioned that, I, I I just wanted to add a couple things at the end. So, on the on the positive note, the Cecil Tillis Center is also a drop off place. If you want to try to help any of the the families that have been affected by this, um, you can drop off uh, any sort of goods that you can spare for them. You know, they're collecting obviously like food, water, uh, gift cards, uh, anything that can uh, then help the these people out. Uh, in terms of managing this crisis, drop that off if you're in the Columbia area at the Cecil Tilla Center, which is right near, uh, acro- basically across the street from the Alan Benedict Court Apartments. Yeah,
1: basically, and also on if you do, if you search Facebook for like Alan, just search Facebook Alan Benedict Court. There's a lot of homegrown volunteer efforts on Facebook. One of the residents showed me. There's like a like an adoption program where you pick a family and you help them out with stuff. You know, there's a petition to to get their voices heard about this. There's all kinds of stuff so check your social medias, which I know you are all doing because we're all glued to our phones at this point, but you can uh, jump in for a good cause at this point. So.
0: And uh, if uh, and the other thing is I would say is if you're in if you were if you're for some reason you're listening to this and you were in Alden Benedict Court uh, or around it and you know of any information that would help. The police are currently investigating this. Oh, uh, that's the other thing. Uh, and okay. so, uh, well, I wouldn't normally tell everyone to call the police. No, uh, general. I, I would say that there is a tip line set up if you have any information regarding this. Is obviously if, if, regarding investigation into negligence uh, of the facility. Um, you, you can drop those tips at 803 567 and uh, and obviously, and if you uh, if you know where any affordable housing is, make sure to yeah. tweet the Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> housing authority because they they need to know and um, um
1: that's the other thing that i wanted to talk about i just remembered so the columbia housing authority itself has a 24-hour tip line helpline yay except when i called this afternoon um on a friday at like 4 15 p.m i got a recorded message and that's all i got and i want to talk about what the message said because it was pretty interesting And you guys are getting exclusives into my next uh, story, so yay.
0: All right. They'll tell you we didn't give you anything.
1: Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so when I called, I got a recorded message that said, if you need help with with your voucher or with your relief check, go to the Cecil Tillis Center. Okay, that's if you have a car. Do you have a car? I don't know. If you're in public housing, can you afford to get there? Who knows? And then they also... Talked about ways you could use your relief check, which is for any sort of any sort of um, what do you call it, security deposit or you know registration fees for stuff or whatever. And then they said if your l- new landlord tries to use any of your relief check for a criminal background check or anything like that, ask them politely to not do that. <laughs> it was just severely unhelpful. I can't, like, I have an apartment that's very stable. The lease is like 15 months. That was severely unhelpful to me, who has steady housing. I don't know what you can do with any of that information as somebody who really needs to know now. And then... Well, that's, was- that's
0: almost like the, the, the asking the... So if you didn't hear about this, the people who uh, have uh, received... Uh, Section 8 vouchers during the uh, shutdown Oftentimes they didn't get those that money. I don't know how that was affected locally, um, but in certain places of the country, those federal vouchers were not paid. So their landlords were being sending out notices saying, "Hey, you should know you're responsible for your full rent. So if we don't get a voucher, we can, uh, and you don't pay the difference, we evict you." That's about as helpful as the sort of things they were saying. Like, ask them to be like, "Come on, hold on, say please, and maybe they'll help you." You (laughs) They
1: did say, and this is important for people who are. Listening, who happened to be part of this Alan Benedict Court information, if you did live there and you were evacuated, they will set you up for text uh, alerts. If you have a smartphone, if you have a if you have a cell phone, if not, I don't know what to tell you, but um, and neither do they. But um, anyway, so the hotline is mentioning that you can get text alerts and stuff uh, for for updates and. Um, Make sure your cell phone number is updated with the housing authority and honestly that was all the information I got. I got that and then a beep to leave my own message which they're gonna get a weird message that's just me going hello for like a minute. Okay. (laughs) What I'm telling you, my
0: process. (laughs) Some behind the scenes. Uh, Yeah, I thought
1: it was going to be a live person after the recorded message. It was not, so they're going to get me very confused on their message machine.
0: Well, if uh, if anybody has anything they would like, if you want to reach out and tell your story to Melanie, how how can they get in touch with you?
1: So right now, just email me. Uh, My email is m l griffin. That's g r i f f i n. 2011 at gmail.com. Um, that is my uh, reporting um, email address. If you have any tips or whatever, please let me know. I can't promise anything because, of course, my, uh, my writings go at the whim of news space and so forth and so on. But this is a very big story. We want to tell your stories. If you have anything, please let me know. And you can also... Drop a tip at the Free Times uh, website. It's free-times.com. Okay. <laughs> It'll get where it needs to go.
0: All right. Thank you, Melanie Griffin. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. And I'll uh, I'll just do a brief uh, editorial. Uh, uh, abolish landlords and uh, housing is a human right. Exactly.